Well, how great it is this morning to come and worship our God, the team leading us. Oh, this, is, this is the Lord's day and we've come to remember Him in a really special way and come and share the cup and the bread. Now, if you haven't got yours organised for today, you should try and do that right now. It'd be a fantastic opportunity to do that and to find a little bit of juice somewhere or some cordial and a little bit of bread or a bit of biscuit so that you can share in this service uh, as we come together as God's people. We've, we've been singing and praising our great God about all the goodness um, that's found in Him this morning and um, it's all because of Him. And we've come now to remember that and to give Him our thanks and our praise as we share together. It says this in Hebrews 10 verse 19, because this is the way that it was made possible for us. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By His death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. It doesn't matter where we are this morning. Access has been made possible through our Lord Jesus Christ that we are so full of thanksgiving and joy as we remember all that He's done for us in this special way. And it says this, And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. It's amazing, isn't it? Made clean in Jesus Christ, our Lord. How precious. Our consciences no longer plague us anymore. Our sins have been forgiven. We've been made new in Christ. And this life, this holy life that He enables us to live through His Holy Spirit. So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep His promise. I know someone who was faith-filled about the promises that God had given him, and that was Alan Brooks. He's just recently passed, been into God's holy presence, but we were celebrating his life last Tuesday. And there, it was reminded of my last conversation with him. He was in hospital, he was about to um, leave this earth. And, and he said to me, Peter, I am so looking forward to seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so looking forward. He was a man full of hope, unswerving hope in the promises of God and they've been realised now. So come church, let's celebrate today with great hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, we thank You. We thank You. You're the one who's made it all possible. You're the one who came, gave Your life, a life poured out for us. And we say thank You, Lord, today. It's a hope that's rock solid, sure, as sure as your resurrection from the dead. And we thank you for the life that's found in you, our great God. And so we come now, Lord Jesus, to remember you in this very special way. Fill us, Lord, each one of us, wherever we might be right now with your Holy Spirit, as we eat and drink together, made possible through our Saviour who has opened a way through the curtain into the very presence of our mighty God. Amen. Amen. If you've got your bread there now, you take your bread and we're going to hold it ready and I'm going to break it. On the night Jesus was betrayed, He took the bread and He broke it and He said, this is my life that's given for you. We're to eat and remember Him. You take your bread now and you eat and give thanks to God in your heart.
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your life given. We thank you. From the depths of our heart, sincerely, we say thank you. He then took the cup and he said, this is my lifeblood poured out for the remission of sins. It's a brand new covenant that's been made. So let's drink now with this cup and give our thanks to our great God. Let's drink together. We come humbly, Lord. Humbled in the presence of you, our living God. Thankful for all that you've done. Oh, Lord Jesus, our hearts are full of praise and thanksgiving. They are. We continue, Lord, to worship you and sing your praise. We're in the homes, Lord. We're scattered, but we're gathered in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We honour you. We worship you. We give you our praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything you have done for us. Amen. 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 Thanks, team, if you can continue to lead us. Well, Lord, we do. We praise you. We honour you. We worship you as your people today. We thank you, Lord, that you have drawn so near to us, great God, the God who speaks to us. So we open our hearts to you now as we hear from your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are really blessed today. We're launching into our series, Jesus the Game Changer 2. And this whole series has been put together by Carl Fays and by Olive Tree Media here in Australia. It's going out all around our nation, launching off today and beyond that as well. And we are really thankful that Carl's actually recorded a message for us to start this series for us today. So I'd love it if you could um, just open your hearts now to God's Word as we hear from Carl as he launches for us the series, Jesus the Game Changer 2, To the Ends of the Earth. Well, welcome to Jesus the Game Changer to the Ends of the Earth. The theme of this series is to make Jesus' last words our first priority. And in this first message of the six weeks of Jesus the Game Changer to the Ends of the Earth, this is the theme of our first message, to make Jesus' last words our first priority. And we can do this even in these times. Boy, it's a remarkable period of time, isn't it? Our churches can't meet. We can't meet in small groups. Children's ministries can't meet. We're trying to do everything online for church leaders out there that are putting church services online. Well done to you and to your team. What we, what we need to remember, though, is that the gospel is not locked down. Jesus is not socially isolated. The church is not isolated. This is a time where people are very fearful. They're really unsure what the future would hold for them in their health and in their finances. And it's a great opportunity to remind people of Jesus' last words. You know, people's last words are really important. In any time that somebody's final words in their life is recorded, their message, their message to people that they love actually has great impact. You know, in the tragedy around the 9-11 terrorist attack on the World Trade Centers in 2001, there's a number of recordings, in fact, many of recordings of people's last telephone messages to the people that they love. Just two of them reminds us of the influence that they can have. 
There was a guy called Brian Sweeney. He was 38. He was a passenger on flight 175 that wet was flown into the tower. He knew that this was coming. And this was the message he sent to his wife. Hey, Jules, it's Brian. I'm on a plane and it's hijacked. It doesn't look good. I just wanted to let you know that I love you and I hope to see you again. If I don't, please have fun in life and live your life the best you can. Know that I love you, and no matter what, I'll see you again. And then there was Jeremy Click, and Jeremy's wife re relayed the last conversation she had with him. And this is what she said about that last conversation with her husband, Jeremy. I love you a thousand times over and over again. And it just brought so much peace to us. He said, I love Emmy, who's our daughter, and to take care of her. And then he said, whatever decisions you make in your life, I need you to be happy. I will respect any decision that you make. These were both comfort and motivation to the loved ones who were lost in the 9-11 tragedy. And it's a reminder, the people's last words are actually really important. And what we know about Jesus is he left last words for us. In fact, at the end of the Gospels, often there's his last words. There are three that are really important. The one that we speak about most often is at the end of Matthew's story of Jesus' life. And it's called the Great Commission. And these were the words of Jesus in the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. At the end of John's story of Jesus' life, there's lots of interactions, especially between Jesus and Peter as he reinstates Peter after Peter had denied him. And yet then in John chapter 20, verse 21, there's this simple phrase from Jesus. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then the theme of this series actually comes out of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. As Dr. Luke retells the story of, of the influence of Jesus through the Acts of the Apostles, here are Jesus' words to his followers, friends, and disciples. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. One of the church leaders we interviewed was Emmaus Mamo from the Ethiopian church. And this is his reflection on Jesus' last words. When we see the whole scripture, we realize God is a missionary God. And this, the Bible is a missionary book. The things he taught, the um, task he has given to the church, go and preach the gospel, make disciples. God is a missionary God, and God sends us on mission. That's Jesus' last words for us. That's Jesus' call on our lives to make Jesus' last words our first priority. As we think about 
Those words out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, what do they tell us? Well, there are four things they tell us about what Jesus is calling us to do. And the first is that Jesus declares his disciples to be his witnesses. Now, the important thing about the word witnesses is that Jesus is telling us to talk about the good news of something that happened, something that those people witnessed, not something that they think or an idea that they believe in. Uh, N.T. Wright, in his book, uh, Simply Good News, has this wonderful quote. He says this, Many people today assume that Christianity is one or more of these things, a religion, a moral system, a philosophy. In other words, they assume that Christianity is about advice, but it wasn't, and it isn't. Christianity is simply good news. It is the news that something has happened and as a result of which the world is a different place. The reality of Jesus' kingship is that it's about good news of something that's happened, not good advice in life. This is not a 12-step program of how to be a better person. This is announcing a new reality. If, if a court scene happens and people come into the court as witnesses, what are they saying? They're not giving advice. They're telling about what actually occurred, what they saw. And what Jesus is saying is that you will be my witnesses, witnesses of a change in the world, witnesses of a new reality, announcement that the kingdom of God has come. The key to that is the resurrection. And one of the great Christian scholars of the world, which he had the privilege to talk to, is Craig Keener. And here's Craig Keener talking about the importance of the news of the resurrection. The resurrection is the cornerstone of our faith. I mean, if Jesus simply was executed for high treason against the majesty of the emperor, for claiming to be king, then, well, he's like a lot of other people who were crucified for that. He had some great teachings about you know, being nice to people, loving people, loving, loving everyone. But if he rose from the dead, then God the Father vindicated him and Jesus is still alive. And the witness of those who knew him is true. Jesus is alive. He's also Lord of the universe and reigns and we owe him our lives. The second component that Jesus talks about in his last words is that his apostles, his disciples, his followers would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You know, when the, when the first followers of Jesus were taken in front of the Sanhedrin, that's the Jewish ruling group, and, and they were being grilled about why they were following Jesus and why they were talking about Jesus and, and they were trying to stop them talking about this new Messiah figure. And what's really intriguing is in Acts chapter 4 verse 13 they said they were uneducated and ordinary men. <laughs> it's not a great review of their skills and personality was it? But what did they say about them that they had noticed or what was clear is that they had been with Jesus. There was something about their character that went beyond education and, and went beyond their social standing. It was the power of the Holy Spirit within them. Here is a new reality. We don't share the message of Jesus. We don't make Jesus' last words our first priority by the dint of our hard work. 
We do it because the Holy Spirit is raised up within us. Uh, Alexander McLaren is a commentator and he makes this point about the Holy Spirit coming. These 11 poor men were not left by their master with a hard task and no help. He bade them wait for the promised Holy Spirit, the coming of whom they had heard from him when in the upper room he spoke to them of the Comforter. We talked before about the Acts of the Apostles, and, and it seems like that what Dr. Luke is telling is the story of the work of the Apostles of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And yet, really, it ought to be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. This is the work of the Holy Spirit, enthusing, encouraging, inspiring these people to take the message of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Thirdly, the Jesus event, this event was not just for the Jews, it was for the whole world. And this wasn't just a new idea from the teaching of Jesus. What we need to understand is this, this is a, a concept that actually spans all of the Bible. If you go back to Genesis chapter 12, and then also again in chapter 18, where God is speaking to Abraham and God is giving promises to Abraham about what would happen in the future. What does he say? That that your descendants will bless the whole earth. There was this sense that it was more than just his descendants, that there would be a greater impact across the whole earth. And then you see this again in Revelations. What is the view of, of that scene at the end of time at Revelations? Here's what uh, the writer John of Revelation said. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That's Revelation 7 verse 9. Here is this movement where right in the beginning of Genesis, God says he will bless the whole earth. At the end in Revelation, God says the whole earth, all the peoples of the earth would be gathered before me. The pivot point is this point where Jesus says, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And that, that wasn't just witnesses geographically, that was witnesses eth ethnically as well. All the peoples of the earth. And what you actually see right in the beginning of Acts is, is that influence. In, in, in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 people come to, to respond to the message of the gospel that Peter preaches. And they are from all over the known world at that time. And then in Acts chapter 10, you have that interaction where Peter goes to Cornelius' house, a Gentile house, a non-Jewish house. And the Holy Spirit is released. And here is this shift, this change, this pivot point from just the Jewish nation, the, the, the descendants of Abraham, to everybody, witnesses to the ends of the earth. And lastly, we see the impact of the gospel that changed the world. Now, this message is an individual message. We, we don't all kind of en masse come to Jesus uh, as families and as communities. We come one person at a time. The world is changed one person at a time. The gospel is a decision that we make one person at a time. And yet the world is a different place as people one person at a time has their life changed and then they choose in following Jesus to influence the world. 
The world is a different place because of the person of Jesus. One of the people that we uh, interviewed for season two was a, a man out of England called Tom Holland, not the actor from Spider-Man. Tom Holland's an academic, a writer, uh, and, and uh, a great thinker and a great fan of the Greco-Roman world. But he was disturbed what he saw, what he saw and understood of the Greco-Roman world. Here is what disturbed Tom Holland. Tom, what drew your interest in the Greco-Roman world? Um, I think the fact that they, uh, the Greeks and the Romans seemed glamorous, they seemed fierce, and they were extinct. And for me, it was a kind of seamless progress on from um, an obsession with dinosaurs. I was one of those boys who was absolutely obsessed by dinosaurs. Um, and I think that the, the qualities of a Tyrannosaur were pretty much what I enjoyed and appreciated <laughs> in a Spartan or a Roman army. The experience of actually writing about Greece and Rome, of, of living in the minds of um, a Spartan king or a Roman emperor, I, I found them increasingly morally repellent. Um, you know, the, the, the Spartans killed disabled children without a qualm. They were highly praised for it. This was the index of their moral virtue. Um, Caesar, when he conquered Gaul, is said to have slaughtered a million Gauls and to have enslaved a million more. And again, this, far from being held against him, was a measure of, of, of everything that he had achieved. And I began to realise that there was a kind of a, a, a quality of callousness about classical antiquity that was utterly alien to how I thought and to how everybody I knew thought and to the moral presumptions that, that essentially governed the, the society in which I lived. So what Tom Holland found was that the values of the Greco-Roman world were morally abhorrent in comparison to the values that we now live. And if you read Tom Holland's book, Dominion, where he reflects on this, he actually says, whether you believe in the resurrection or not, that doesn't really matter, because Tom Holland himself isn't a Christian. But what he's saying is, everybody in Western nations swims in Christian waters. In other words, the world is a different place because of Jesus. We live to a different set of values in the Greco-Roman world because people chose to follow Jesus. The gospel influenced their life, but the gospel influenced the wider community. It influenced the wider community because they became a caring group of people. They gave everybody dignity and worth. The individual mattered. Everybody mattered. They gave uh, opportunity and rights to women. They, they cared for those who were desperate. They started education. They started healthcare. Humility became a virtue rather than a vice. All of these things changed the known world because the gospel was going to the very ends of the earth. Yes, it's an individual choice that each of us make, but yes, also it will change the fabric and has changed the fabric of the Western world as we know it. This series, this six weeks, is built on the values that Jesus taught, but it actually wants to take as seriously as we possibly can that call to take the message of Jesus to the very ends of the earth, to make Jesus' last words our first priority. Even in this time of social isolation, of fear for the future, it would be wonderful to see the church across Australia take seriously these last words of Jesus.
to be his witnesses of something that actually happened, empowered by the Spirit. A message that's for all people across every ethnic group across the globe that will change the world. But you know, it only happens when, when we do one thing, and that is we start to talk about it. We start to share it. We start to make it our priority. Our prayer is that over this six weeks, you will find the space, the motivation, the resources to make Jesus' last words your first priority. And if we do that, we'll change the world. Praise God. Praise God. That is the good news of the message of the life transforming love of Jesus. He does come. He does turn lives around. He brings healing to people's hearts and lives. If you've been tuning into this service this morning and you've sensed God speaking to you and you realize that, yeah, you do want to consider again who Jesus is, what it means for your life. If you've got questions about faith, questions about God, well, we would love to help you on that journey. And this morning, you can respond by just clicking on the Respond to Jesus button. If you're watching on the Bridgman Life platform, if you're linking in on one of the other platforms, we'd love you to contact us. You can email prayer at bridgman.org.au or contact us at the church. We would love to help you on your journey of faith. But you can do that this morning. You can respond to what God is saying to you and to know in your own life this transforming power, the transforming power of His love and forgiveness and grace. So I'm going to pray, ask God's blessing on each one. Let me do that now. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for the good news of the message of your love. Thank you that this is what you do. You come to bless, to turn lives around, to bring healing and hope into our lives and into this world. And so I pray your blessing on each and every one. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for linking in with us. Don't forget our service tonight at 6 p.m. You'd be so welcome to link in with us again as well. We look forward to catching up with you again soon. God bless. Thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you or you'd like to find out more, we want to help and encourage you on your journey of faith. You can reach out to us via our website or email hello at bridgman.org.au. And don't forget, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to pray for you. And you can fill in a prayer card on our website or email prayer at bridgman.org.au. I'm praying God's blessing for you this week, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.